you are lost, alone and afraid. Surrounded by the unknown with your path to home blocked, there is only one choice ahead of you. Move forward now to reconnect with your family. Powered by hope, driven by kindness, and connected by love, you will brave the wilderness, tame beasts, and gain allies to find your way home. This is Toon Lord Done Right, and you've just been invited to the wonderful world of Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast. What up, fam? Welcome to Toon Lord Done Right, a podcast where I take a moment to give you a quick history of a film, TV show, character, or concept in animation. You can call me Dave, and I'm kind of a student of all things animation. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at ToonLoreDR and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ToonLore. As always, I want to give a, a big thank you to everyone who's been listening to and sharing the podcast. Since our last episode on Voltron, the show has reached more than 500 downloads. Now, this is a big surreal moment for me because doing the podcast is a, is a real labor of love and it really brings me joy and I'm happy to share it with all of you. Also, trivia. Be sure to participate in the trivia and send me your answers on Twitter. As always, the trivia will come at the end of the show, and I have some shout-outs waiting for y'all, if you engage, of course. As we start our show, I want to give a special shout-out to my wife and the host of the Loose Change podcast, Deanna, for suggesting this week's show, Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast. So, let's jump right into it. Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast is an animated series created by Radford Seacrest, developed for TV by Bill Walkoff, and produced by DreamWorks Animation for Netflix. Now, after spending her entire life in an underground burrow, a young girl named Kipo is thrust into an adventure on the surface of a fantastical post-apocalyptic earth where humanoid animals called mutes rule. She joins a ragtag group of survivors as they embark on a journey through a vibrant wonderland where everything that is trying to kill them is just downright adorable. Seasons 1 and 2 of Kipo are now on Netflix, so after you finish listening to me, you should go onto Netflix and just check it out. I started and finished the entire series in just a matter of days because the story is just that engaging. The character development is great. And most importantly, the blackness on display is dope. I love how the show normalizes people of color. I'll talk more in depth about the characters in a bit, but unlike most shows where people of color are prominent, Kipo wastes no time explaining their blackness. There are no moments when black characters have to address their blackness or justify being prominent figures in the show. They could just say, I'm here and I'm seen, and that's the end of it. This not only had an impact on me, but it had an impact on my young daughter as well. When characters such as Wolf show up, she would come to me and say, look daddy, it's me on TV. As a family, we were captivated by Kipo's drive to find her home, then her struggle to connect with her new friends, then ultimately her ability to see the best in all people and mutes alike. It was clear that the creators put a lot of time and effort building this world and the characters 
that live in it. In an interview with the podcast Melanin Animated, the host, Kyla and Imani, spoke with three major players in the creation of Kipo. Rad Seacrest, the creator and executive producer, Chris Copeland, director of four episodes on season one, and Chibo Okire, prop designer and character designer. When asked about the aesthetic style of Kipo, Seacrest told Melanin Animated that the art style was heavily influenced by Nico Marley, the character designer for the Kung Fu Panda films, and the manga and anime Tekken Concrete. Kung Fu Panda is a pretty mainstream property, so most of you will already be familiar with it and its art style. However, Tekken Concrete is a little bit more niche. I recall watching Tech on Concrete years ago, maybe 2009, when I was still in university. And I remember that it was produced by the same people that brought us the Animatrix. But before you go and watch the full movie, you will see some style similarities between it and Kipo, but the subject matter is quite different. So be mindful of letting your younger kids who would enjoy Kipo watch Tech on Concrete. Further, they were asked about the diversity of their staff by having two black directors and two black character designers. And Seacrest responded by saying, I don't think that our show is diverse. I think that if you just looked at the numbers by population in the US, it's really what any show staff should look like. In elaborating further, commenting on Kipo's dad being black, Copeland chimed in by saying, I wanted to deconstruct the awkwardness. Her dad is black, and that's just it. We don't need to explain anything further than that. What we are asking for is normalcy. He went on to mention that it also helped that Sterling K. Brown was interested in voicing the role as well. So even though Kipo was already designed to be Korean before Brown was casted, Kipo's dad is unapologetically and unquestionably black. Moving on, I should also mention that much of the animation was outsourced to Studio MIR in South Korea. For those of you who listened to my episode on Voltron from last time, you will already know that this studio was founded in 2010 and worked on projects like The Legend of Korra, The Boondocks, Young Justice Outsiders, and of course, Voltron and more. With that in mind, you know that the animation in Kipo will be great, but I wasn't expecting for the music to be just as good. The music in Kipo is amazing and it really flows well with the story and its characters. With genres that span from classical to rock to hip hop, there are songs in this show for nearly everyone. There's even a lo-fi hip hop song about cheese. Yes, you heard that right. There is a song in season two about cheese and it low key thumps y'all. Also in episode five of the show, a few characters do a rap about the origin of the universe. It was done by two wolf mutes of what we call the Newton clan. One is named Good Billions and the other is named Bad Billions. The latter of which is voiced by the Jizza and the rap goes a little bit like this. 
all life started with the big bang and explosion so great from which we all sprang the universe dispersed mass traversing space as time passed expanding mad fast stars made of light and gas the cosmos with billions of stars gleaming these are the events that brought these wolves into being now you know our name and you know that we are trained to wax in poetic ways with our superior brains evolutions change our instinct remains to wax in poetic ways with superior brains now, my cadence is a little bit different than what you'll see on the show, but that's because they have the officially licensed music. Also, as a subtle tribute to the Wu-Tang Clan, the two aforementioned leaders of the Newton Wolves are likely descendants of the previous alpha male named Old Dirty Billions or ODB. In an article by Seamus Kelly on denofgeek.com, he states, with the music being such a big part of the show, it might surprise you that it wasn't actually a part of the original pitch when Rad Seacrest brought the idea to DreamWorks. He goes on to say, Co-showrunner Bill Wolkoff remembers that the studio encouraged the music to be unique with the world of Kipo basically being frozen in time with the mutes co-opting human society to reflect the world of today. If you're interested in hearing more of the music once you finish listening to this episode, you can find the entire soundtrack for season one and two of Kipo on Spotify. Now, we know that the music is great and the animation is awesome, but let's dive into the character, shall we? We know that the creators were invested in making believable characters while normalizing diversity, and I must say that the show delivers. Starting with our title character, Kibo Oak, who is voiced by Karen Fukuhara, known for her roles in Shira. Suicide Squad, and Craig of the Creek. Kipo is a 12-year-old girl with peak skin, hair, and eyes. Before the events of the show, she lived in a burrow underground like most other humans in the world. Kipo is friendly, optimistic, and a born leader. To the bewilderment of others, she always finds a way to see goodness in other people and has an ability to soften the hearts of almost everyone she meets. In addition to her unusual optimism, Kipo is wildly intelligent. She is capable of quick thought in stressful situations and has an in-depth knowledge of astronomy and is adept at solving complex math equations. However, her book smarts don't always prepare her for the real world, and that's where her new friends come in. Wolf, voiced by Sydney Michaela, is the first human that Kipo meets once she is on the surface separated from her family and friends. As time passes, Kipo and Wolf ultimately become the best of friends. Now, not much is known about Wolf's past in season one of the show, and we still don't exactly know how old she is or what her real name is. But one of my favorite aspects of Kipo and Wolf's relationship is the nicknames that Kipo gives her. She calls her Tiny, Jolene, and my personal favorite, Wolfatha Christie the Fourth. Wolf is intelligent, agile, a great battle strategist, but most of all, she is a survivor. Before meeting Kipo, she was cold and distrustful, but over the course of the show, she learned to open up and to trust others. She quickly became my favorite character, and I'm glad to know that a spinoff movie for her is in the works. Now, moving on to Benson and Dave. They are two peas in a pod. Benson is a teenage human male who lives on the surface, and Dave is his longtime best friend who is a mute. 
They are both scavengers, and as a team, they are incredibly cunning and resourceful. Despite living on the surface for so long, they both are incredibly upbeat and fun-loving. They love music and often dream of being DJs. Early in season one, Benton also has a great character moment with Kipo in an amusement park, and not to spoil things, but the creators were very intentional about building depth into their characters. Now Dave, as a mute, stands out a bit. He's voiced by Dion Cole, and Dave molts to evolve into the next stage of life. However, instead of being time-based, or if these changes are age-based, the changes seem to be more stress-induced, and Dave has little control over it. He's seemingly immortal, and in the span of one episode, he can change from infancy to elderly quickly. Now, next, we have Leo Oak, which is Kipo's dad. And early on, all we know about him is that he separated Kipo from the rest of the borough to protect her and that he is super intelligent. He's a single father and has essentially raised Kipo alone. And it's clear that he loves her with his whole heart and would do anything for her. Oh, and like I mentioned before, Leo Oak is voiced by Sterling K. Brown known best for some of his work in Frozen 2, The Black Panther, and This Is Us. Now, rounding out our main characters, we have the main villain of the story, Scarlamane. Voiced by Dan Stevens, you may know him as The Beast from Disney's live-action remake of Beauty and the Beast. Scarlamane is a mandrill mute that is driven to rule as the king of all mutes while forcing humanity into a lifetime of servitude. He expects to accomplish this by using his ability to mind control others. His design and attire is heavily inspired by the Rococo period of classical art and his love for classical music. He is flamboyant, imposing, and I must say that his introduction to the show may be one of my favorite villain introductions of all time. Now we've come to the portion of the show that I like to call the hookshot. This is where I watch the first three to five episodes of a show. And if I'm hooked, I'll let you know if you should give it a shot. So if you couldn't feel it by this point in the episode, I'll be clear about it. I really enjoyed watching Kipo, especially when I got a chance to watch it with my young daughter. If you've been with Toon Lord done right from the beginning, or if you've heard my episode on hair love, you've heard me say this time and time again and I can't say it enough that representation matters seeing characters of color on screen makes such a difference in my daughter's life now with all of that being said I must say that the first episode of Kipo to me started off a bit slow but episode two and beyond quickly picks up after that the world and the characters always leave me asking for more the first few episodes revolve around Kibo acclimating to the new world while trying to find her family, and I was pleasantly surprised when story points would not unravel as I expected. During her journey, she also came across a clan of mutes called the Timbercats. They are humanoid cats that carry axes as weapons and will chop anything in their path. I bring them up because one of my favorite voice actors of all time, Steve Blum, voices their leader. 
For those who don't know who Steve Blum is, he has voiced characters in American media like Wolverine, Starscream, Sub-Zero, and Heat Blast from the Ben 10 series. However, I think he is most known for voicing characters in anime like The Doctor in Tech on Concrete, Spike from Cowboy Bebop, Liron from Gurren Lagann, and Orochimaru from Naruto. Now, before I let you go, I want to take you to the part of the show that I like to call Blacklight. Here, I scour the farthest and darkest corners of the internet to showcase a piece of work or an artist that has piqued my interest. Today, I'm going to shine a light on the podcast that I mentioned earlier in the show, Melanin Animated. The podcast itself is fairly new, and the hosts give their raw thoughts on animation, specifically African-American females. And while their podcast may be newish, their Instagram is kind of popping. They post character highlights and stories that are Black-centric. So if you like Toon Lord Done Right, then you may enjoy their content as well. If nothing else, please check out their interview with the creators of Kipo. Now, moving on to trivia. As always, the trivia will consist of one question that directly relates to the episode and one fan question. Remember, you can submit your fan question by emailing me at toonlorddr at gmail.com. The first people who respond correctly with the answer to the trivia on Twitter may get a shout out in the next episode. So here goes. Question number one. What is the animation studio that produced Kipo? Was it A, Studio MIR, B, New Age Animation, C, Studio Ghibli, or D, Toon City. I'll ask again. What is the animation studio that produced Kipo? A. Studio MIR. B. New Age Animation. C. Studio Ghibli. Or D. Toon City. Now, for question number two, which was not a character on the superhero team Action League Now? A. The Flesh. B. Thunder Girl. C, Slippery Swimmer, or D, Meltman? I'll ask again. Which character was not on the superhero team Action League Now? A, The Flesh, B, Thunder Girl, C, Slippery Swimmer, or D, Meltman? Remember, you can get a special shout out on my next episode. All you have to do is tweet at me at ToonLordDR with the correct answers. Just leave the episode name and the answers in your tweet. Well, my friends, this has been Toon Lore Done Right. And don't forget to like, share, review, comment, and subscribe. I can't wait to see what new countries and people we can reach with this show. If you would like to submit a trivia question to me, please send me an email to toonlordr at gmail.com with the subject line TLDR Trivia. Please give me a multiple choice question and note the correct answer. Also, feel free to leave your Twitter or Instagram handles in your message. You can make suggestions on future episodes by joining the Facebook page at facebook.com slash toonlore or by letting me know what you think by following me on Instagram and Twitter at toonlore.dr. So until the next time I can give you the TLDR on a film, TV show, character, or concept in animation... It's been real.